Hello, and welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm John Mark Grodi. And I'm Tracy Grodi. And this is Mary Prudence, and we're bringing you extraordinary conversations about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. Well, and we, crap. And we might not have long <laughs> We might have used up all of her time. Introducing Mary crap. Prudence Grodi. She's here. She's a little fussy. You know, she was um, she was happy for like an hour while we were <laughs> getting everything ready. And here we are, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But we're glad to be back here. It's been a while, Teresa. And since we've we're been actually recording. not back here. We're no. in a new place for the in first time ever. Place. This yeah. is the new Awaken Catholic Studios. Really excited to be um, here. It's a giant, giant, giant room that we're in. So yes. we're not in the basement anymore. So cool. That's it's so cool. really awesome. Uh, new studio, new setup. Yeah. Um, and so. new baby. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, we're excited. Hope, hope. Uh, what do I want to say here? I hope it hasn't been too long. I know we were playing some uh, of our favorite episodes in the interim, so hopefully some people out there enjoyed some of those and those conversations, but we're glad to be back. Uh, we have a lot of new ideas for this. We're sort of making this season three for this. Yeah, new, every time we get a new start. set, we start a new season. Exactly. So here we are, <laughs> season three. We're going to start it off with a bang, talking about doing kind of a postpartum debrief. We did a lot of talk uh, last season about getting ready for pregnancy as a couple. You know, how do we prepare for that? How do we think through it? How do we have the conversations? And I thought some of those were good conversations. We enjoyed them. Yeah. We got some good feedback on them. But so. someone suggested um, when they were giving suggestions for the original shows that we come back and we do an afterwards and tell how our advice went. <laughs> now, I don't want to make this show about like how to live John Mark and Teresa's lives because that's not what it's about at all. Yeah. But we we actually did give advice and I really feel like we should follow up on the advice that we gave. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> Just let you know how it went. Because I hate when when you're like, taking on someone's advice and then you're like, geez, I wonder how their kids turned out several years into the future. You know? <laughs> no, but and of course our main thing on, on this is not, you know, uh, it's not parenting advice or, or the granular stuff of any of those areas. It's more, we're as a couple just trying to talk through, you know, how, how to be saints in our, our life. We're trying to figure that out for ourselves. You have to figure that out for yourself and your family, your, your spouse. Um, but we can, we can hear each other having those conversations and kind of, figure out the art of conversation, figure out the art of evaluating our life and looking at the opportunities we have in light of the virtue. That's what a lot of what we do here is looking at our life. What are the opportunities that we're missing or grasping uh, in order to be who God's calling us to be? So, so we were just sort of thinking, uh, and we put the baby away, by the way. So it got yes. quiet all of a sudden, sort of quiet. <laughs> and <laughs> and we don't have a baby anymore in our hands. <laughs> uh, you know, let's look back to kind of a debrief of the postpartum period. You know, just like you might look back at your day or your week and you say, okay, what went well? Where, mm -hmm. what are the ways in which I had prepared well and, it, and I showed up for it and I practiced virtue and God showed up and it all just kind of came together. What were the good, what were the highlights? And then what were some things now that we realized, okay, next time we're going to tweak this, do a little better, do a little differently. And so that's what we figured we'd do today, babe. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, newborns are like a boot camp. So we're like new people now. <laughs> we thought we knew ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. it's like we're we're totally different people. Oh, yeah. And you know it's funny because when like before the baby comes, you keep saying like you keep splitting up the kids that you have and you're like, "Okay, you take 3, I'll take 2." You know, I can't do this because I'll have all five kids that day and I can't, you know. Mm. Oops, my shirt fell off. <laughs> nope, nope, Todd. Sorry for you listening to the audio. Carry on. It's just yeah, anyway. Um <laughs> It wasn't that bad. <laughs> the listening audience I mean, is like, this, what? This is, the... this is life when you're nursing. You're just always like, am I wearing clothes? I, I can't actually remember what I'm wearing right now. Um, so, but now I find myself saying like, 
well, I can do this because you'll just have the older five and I'll take the baby <laughs> and you'll just have well, you the older five. You also lose the ability to count for a while after whenever you have a new yeah. baby because it's like, oh yeah, okay, how do I do uh, one, five, four? You know, it doesn't, you don't, your brain is not calibrated for the number of children you have. So it's like, it's sitting there, the gears are turning, but they're yeah. just, they're stuck, you know? You're always like missing a child and you didn't know you were missing a child right. because your count is off. Yeah. yeah. Or you're counting, 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 then you realize you're holding one. You're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're good. We're good. <laughs> You, we were we went on a, a quick day trip vacation and yeah. he was holding the baby and I went back to our room for something and John Mark at one point was like, oh, where's Teresa? She's been gone a long time. Oh, she's probably nursing the baby. And he was holding the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that being said, she that. is a very, very, very sweet, yeah. sweet baby. I still don't know what camera to look at yet. So I'm it's, sorry it's for people guy, who are watching right there, who, yeah. who might be bothered by right, me like, st- like staring off one. into space somewhere. I don't doesn't know. even matter. Okay, cool. <laughs> so babe. Um, so anyway. How did the postpartum period go? What <laughs> so were the bads? Prior oh, no, to this. We're doing the goods first. Yeah. Prior yes. to this, okay. we did a three-part postpartum or a three-part series on pregnancy with my midwife and then like postpartum planning. So just yeah. like planning how, how we've looked at and what we've learned um, through having up to that point, five kids, right? So um, someone had suggested we do a follow-up How episode. to get holy by being pregnant. That's the, <laughs> no kidding. That's the subtitle of, uh, or how, die trying. How, or die trying. How I thought I was saved before I started having children and realized I was just walking yeah. into hell. How I thought I was patient. And, <laughs> I know. You know. So the first thing that I want to say, my very first thought as to how this postpartum period went at in response to how we prepared for it was we totally nailed it. Okay. Like everything that we suggested, like paid off huge amounts in our postpartum period. Um, So I would do it again and I would do it harder next time. (laughs) More meals, more rest. Yeah. Less planning or less less doing things afterwards. Yeah, we had a lot of great help this time. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually worried about help because my parents were a lot more out of the picture this time because of their own health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was very worried about how it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, usually we like to give me a break from the newborn sometimes. You know, some, you'll help mm-hmm. out a lot more. But this time I found myself thinking like, he has got these five kids. Like I've got this baby. <laughs> like as long as I, like I will just take care of the baby. You've got all five kids. This is like a vacation for me. Yeah. So um, it was, it was a really, really great postpartum period. Um, and there are some things that stuck out. Sure. Um, so number one, the six weeks rest was totally necessary. Yeah. Planning for that. Totally. Like Time really, period. really rest. Don't do anything. Um, I felt guilty uh, sometimes about like mass. Like, I don't think we went to, we might, I might not have been to mass for four weeks and it was like, we had a variety of things going on. Like this postpartum period was a fun grab bag. Mm. Uh, (laughs) It went really great for two weeks. And then I got like this ridiculous swollen jaw. Like it was glands, sweat, sweat glands or sweat glands, salivary glands, um, swelled up. I could barely, I like, I had to puree my food for like a week and a half, you know, like I couldn't move my mouth. Like it was just, yeah. You remember that now? (laughs) This is going to be good (laughs) because I'm going to, that happened. (laughs) A lot's happened to him. And then like, and then we were like, well, is it mono? Is it something catching? Or is it like, because I clenched my jaw too hard because that's something I do in the postpartum period. And then like you got 
what I thought at the time was influenza. Like it looked to me like clear cut case of influenza, but he was down for about two weeks yeah. and COVID was going around at that time. So who the heck knows? It, it would have been our third time with it. So I, who the heck knows? But um, it was all within the space <laughs> of, of the time we'd already decided ahead of time. You know, I have time off for this. We have people yeah. around. We're going to, we're going to, have this definite time period yeah. of rest and staying home. And, and, and your mom stayed with us for four weeks. And so, you know, like a lot of stuff happened, but it was, we, we were already kind of prepared to weather it in a variety of different ways. Yeah. So, so I did feel guilty about things, but I had to kept, keep telling myself not to feel guilty because I'm exempt from mass. I'm sick and I'm taking care of a child. You know, my, the other adult in the house is sick. Oh, <laughs> and we had a throw up virus. We had to throw out virus too. When was that one? Uh, right after the baptism. Oh. Wasn't it? I don't know. Oh. So um, like I definitely went through, let, let me go back to my notes. Otherwise I'm just going to keep listing illnesses <laughs> instead of actually <laughs> talking about things. Yeah. Um, so what what was interesting was that at six weeks, mm -hmm. oh, I got mastitis. <laughs> so yeah, listing, listing illnesses. Um, at six weeks, I felt like a million bucks. Hmm. Like, whereas if I had worked even a little bit out in my garden it, within the six, uh, the six week period, I would have just been like on the couch the whole next day, yeah. you know, just like I did too much, you know, I didn't nurse enough. The baby's fussy. I didn't sleep at all because she didn't sleep at all, you know, but like right at six weeks, like I felt amazing. Right. Absolutely you, you had amazing. had a couple of things happen, like again, a couple of infections and things, but it seems like you got, got over them pretty easily. Because whereas, we rested. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I feel like in the past, again, there were some times where you did start doing too much too quick. Mm -hmm. And then there were these longer setbacks that really were frustrating because yeah. we'd already kind of like mentally, we'd already gone back, tried to go back to normal life. Yeah. And then we were getting set back. Whereas we had already kind of mentally prepared, you know what, this is a time period to mm -hmm. kind of snug in the, the hobbit yeah. hole, you know, and we'd already kind of prepared for that. So those, they were yeah. smaller road bumps. Yeah. The There's like this Moroccan postpartum video uh -huh. about like how Moroccan women traditionally take care of their, their um, women. And one phrase that kept standing out to me that really kept me rooted in reality, mm -hmm. again, like prudence, you're rooting yourself in reality was that they call the postpartum period. She's beside her open grave. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept thinking that like, this is a time where I am particularly vulnerable and if I'm vulnerable and something happens to me, something happens to the baby, yeah. you know, like she doesn't nurse as well, or she doesn't, you know, like there's just, there's a lot of things that can happen to me. Like, so like she's beside her open grave. Right. <laughs> I just right. kept thinking that. And that was really what it felt like. So, um, yeah. And so going along with that, another thing that I really, that I recommended and I really agree with, um, cause this was the first time I'd had a baby outside of August hmm. and it was cold when we had the baby yeah. um, and it stayed cold for a while, but to keep warm, I mean, we would have babies during 90, 80 degree heat waves before, and this baby was born in the cold and I could not step outside on a 60 degree day hmm. without a hat on and like a jacket and shoes and not feel like chilled to the bone. Hmm. Like I, I almost felt like my brain was cold. Hmm. Like I, I was really, it was really unexpected. Um, and I didn't like anything cold. I didn't like salads or cold fruit even. I didn't want smoothies. I didn't want a cold coffee. Like I basically just wanted like soups and warm things. <laughs> and so that was like a first for me. So since that's, that's not even remotely spiritual, but um, <laughs> because I suggested it, I thought I'd 
let you know how that went. Um, so a uh, number three is we were totally on like we're fleek. What is, oh my gosh. What is, what is that thing that they say in that, that one funny on movie? Fleek. Is that what it is? I don't know. Fetch. It was, that was totally fetch. Wait, no, no. That's supposed to be a bad thing. <laughs> fetch is a bad thing. No, fetch is a good thing. No, it's not. You know what it is. <laughs> Um, yeah. was to watch happy things, mm. fill your mind with only happy things. Even if you feel totally guilty about the fact that you're rewatching the same exact movie seven times. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I watched a lot of Rick Steves. <laughs> I love Rick Steves. Um, Jane Austen, yeah. um, you experienced this too mm. when you had the flu. Mm. Like it was hard for you just to sit still. You would start feeling yeah. good one day and you would like take the kids to a park. Well, and, it, and of course this is a topic that's, that's, you know, we should do a longer episode on, but yeah, this, this topic of kind of managing your mental life, right? Mm -hmm. um, we tend to be negative creatures as human beings. We, and even we who are a positive, as soon as things go bad, we begin thinking very counterproductive oh, thoughts. Oh yeah, I've got right? them right here. Yeah. I'm going to read off some She's going to read some of those, right? Okay. okay, go for it. So like the alternative to keeping your mind happy mm -hmm. in a time when you're really vulnerable to spiraling OCD kind of thoughts, mm -hmm. which is, is, is really common in the postpartum period. So it would go, like I had a lot of I can't even yeah. feelings. Okay. Like I can't even keep the the ants out of the house. I can't even keep the porch clean. I can't even homeschool. I can't even keep us closed. And I had to actually like banish, like banish those thoughts, mm -hmm. like almost like rebuke them, mm -hmm. you know, like in the name of Jesus, rebuke them yeah. because it, I had to see it as a short term thing. This is a short term thing. We're taking care of me because I would go from, I can't even keep this, there, there are spring ants on the floor. There's spring ants on the floor that come every spring. Mm -hmm. I know that they come. And that would go from there are spring ants on the floor to, I don't even know what's behind all these walls. Mm -hmm. There has to be an infestation of something else. Um, we're probably inf infested. There's going to be so much damage and it'll take so much to fix when we are going to sell this house. And we're going to do this to every house because we're horrible citizens. We suck at home ownership. Like, from the normal spring ants to like <laughs> everything is horrible and we always do this and we're just bad people and we should just like go away. I mean, like the, the thoughts are so quick. Yeah. And so when that would happen, instead of trying to figure out what caused that thought, instead of trying to solve that problem of the spring ants and why we never get anything done, I said, nope, this is within my six weeks. Yeah. I'm turning on Jane Austen. Yeah. And so again, this, this is not the power of positive thinking of trying to pretend that what's real is not, not real. It's that we always have a choice of what aspect of reality to focus on. Mm -hmm. And we tend to focus on the negative and then to exaggerate the negative till it becomes untrue. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the way the devil works. He's, he works on things that are true. They're yeah. ants in the house. But then it sends us down a rabbit mm -hmm. hole of making that yeah. uh, this all-encompassing thing. Things that are true, minivans sinking in rivers. <laughs> Are a death trap. Yes. Okay. I've heard things that are true. Yeah. Okay. This is this comes to me a lot when I'm postpartum. Okay. And I would be like, it would sound rational, like mm -hmm. Chesterton's Rational Man, or what's that yeah, chapter? The rational, the, the maniac. Okay. Right? Where you're like, how irresponsible of me to have never looked up how to get my family out of a <laughs> out of a sinking minivan. Okay. Yeah. And then you're like, well, learning how to escape your vehicle is true. <laughs> okay. But during your postpartum period, it's just not the time to do it. So I would have to give myself permission and say like, what would happen if I didn't Google this right now? Hmm. Oh, I'm not doing anything for the next three weeks. I'm not going near any rivers in any minivans. We'll probably be okay. Turn on Rick Steves.
And I, I mean, I really had to do that a lot because you do have these like psychotic thoughts um, postpartum mm-hmm. and you just have to be like, nope, 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 nope. Well, and we have it's these, it's not this time. We have We're these gonna think about something else too. And this is again, something that we can practice. We should be practicing all the time so that at those difficult times mm-hmm. or, or postpartum or other difficult difficult times in our life, we've developed the habit of, of recognizing when we're kind of spiraling into a little bit of mm-hmm. mania, right? Again, Chesterton's maniac, he has this great chapter in the beginning of orthodoxy where he describes uh, the person who, um, the maniac is the person, who, it's not that they're irrational, they're not. The crazy person, the maniac is not irrational, they're hyper-rational in a small space, mm-hmm. you know? And so they've focused on one tiny piece of the universe and they're they are they are hyper analyzing that tiny little little yeah. space, and you can't reason your way out of that box. You, the only thing you can do is step out of the box and breathe the fresh air of the mm-hmm. larger universe. And paraphrasing Chesterton here, but the point is, is that it's not a matter of of logic so much as it's a matter of faith that we 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 choose to focus on uh, the more important truths, the bigger truths. God is still in control. Mm-hmm. He's led me to it. He can lead me through it. You know, his grace is enough in this situation. There's some good in this situation. Yeah. There's always that opportunity, you know, but but managing our mental life means we recognize that the spiritual battle takes place a lot in what we allow ourselves to focus on. It's not about telling ourselves untruths, making ourselves feel good with, mm-hmm. with things that aren't true. It's about focusing on uh, things that are true and are are more important, that, mm-hmm. are, that are bigger and wider and provide the, the true context for the yeah. life that we live. And I think that, that that is why I know sometimes people get startled when they hear moms reflecting on how they like had thoughts like, oh, Real if I just throw the baby thoughts, out of the window yeah, yeah. or what if the baby just fell into traffic and you're just like, why would anyone ever think that? But then that way, when it happens to you, which it did postpartum, like, and it wasn't terrible. It was just like, kind of like we're out in traffic. I better hold the stroller even tighter. You know, mm-hmm. like you're just like, it's not, and not that it's not real. It's just like it, it happens mm-hmm. and it means nothing. It's just a it's just a floating cloud that's going through my head, and it'll just mm. keep going. This is the doc- did we ever have Doctor Bataro on? No, Andrew. No, did. he's so cool. We'll I don't think we'll get him. But he makes that comment. You know, <laughs> of kind of, there, there is a, about your mental life. There is a bit of this this weather pattern, right? Sometimes it's mm-hmm. just you, there's just clouds going through. You can decide what to focus on. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can you can have thoughts and choose not to react to them. You can choose to let them go. Mm-hmm. Practicing those men, those habits of mental management and inventory are important, right? Because you, in some sense, you are what you choose to allow yourself to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and part of it was just having done it so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, like I knew there was one particular scenario that is that happens just constantly when mm-hmm. you have a new baby, which is that you don't have enough hands to both be nursing and keeping the baby asleep, and hold a book, hold a phone, get help somehow without shouting and making the baby up. So there are a lot of times where you just sit there for like an hour Hmm. and you're just like, all I can do is just sit and do nothing, Hmm. literally nothing. Like I'm not even in front of a TV screen. I'm just sitting and there's no book in my hands and anything that I can see with my eyeballs right now is like all I got. Um, and yeah. knowing that was coming because I remember that was like a huge burden before where right. I'd be like, I am so bored and there's no one here to help mm. me. And this is, I'm going to go crazy if this baby, you know. And it's easy in those times, yeah. especially nowadays, like if you've got your phone handy, right? It's easy to then mm-hmm. turn to sources of stimulation, sources mm-hmm. of thoughts, 
um, that are negative. I mean, we get on social mm-hmm. media, we, we surf the news, we follow the drama. Mm-hmm. And that's not, if, if part of that mental management, that mental, keeping that mental inventory is making sure that our inputs are limited and positive, mm-hmm. right? And they need to be true, good, and beautiful. Otherwise, we don't need them. We don't really need the news. We don't really need the news cycle, the drama, the church scandals, people arguing. There's a part of us that, that wants that, that's mm-hmm. curious about that in a, in a negative, in a vicious sense. Um, but again, we have to we have to make a choice of, you know, what, what should I be filling up my mind with? Yeah. I kept thinking of Simone Rascala. Mm. And her, oh, the leisure she, yeah, yeah, and her talking about Joseph Pieper's um, leisure, and there was this one point where she was saying how she was doing the dishes, and she's like, "No, I'm not going to stop doing the dishes. I'm going to do the dishes until it's complete." Mm. <laughs> and that kept going through my head, you know, like, okay, no, the baby's sleeping. I'm nursing the baby. There's literally no help I can get right now without waking the baby up. So I'm just going to keep washing the dishes right now. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. And and it's nice because I'm kind of high strung in type A. So like the ability once every two years <laughs> to just like sit and do nothing. It actually brought about a ton of joy. Mm. I mean, like I feel like every baby I have, I learn to enjoy that baby more. Mm-hmm. Like just to really relish and like just, I mean, it's like it's blissful. I mean, yes, you don't sleep. Yes. The, like there's all that, the, the, stuff that makes me fussy. But then like the time staring at that baby is just so much more joyful yeah. than I remember other kids being. Yeah. It's interesting. You know? Yeah. The practicing, again, we talked about that in that episode with Simone, mm-hmm. right? About the leisure as a virtue. That's something you need to practice. Mm-hmm. You need to be practiced to be able to be at peace, be present to a thing or a person and really enjoy that thing. That takes practice because there are so many vices that disrupt what's supposed to be such a human thing to enjoy, yeah. sit, be, just be with another person yeah. or to enjoy a painting or to simply enjoy, you know, being in prayer. I mean, just to be there, that there's actually a whole lot. It looks like nothing's happening, but there's a whole lot of virtue that it takes to be the kind of person who can do that well. And so, yeah, that's something interesting thinking about the postpartum period is got, we've gotten better at planning ahead of time, but also practicing what it takes to be able to be in that frenetic, messy, you know, uncertain time period as a family, mm-hmm. but to remain at leisure, yeah. you know, and on my end with the, with the five kids this time, you know, we did a lot of fun things, you know, during the postpartum period when I was off going to parks and, you know, playing games and things together. Um, and it was much more peaceful, I think in the past. Um, maybe we'll talk about some of the negatives, uh, but by and large, I think, yeah, the virtue mm-hmm. of leisure, I think that was coming a bit more naturally this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was really great. Yeah. I'm glad we did all the things. And it, the next thing on my list is that totally right about meal trains, mm. totally right about preparing frozen foods mm-hmm. and especially snacks. Mm. Um, I was just so grateful that I did that very last batch, like right before I had the baby of those energy date balls. I will link the recipe to those. I've made those. I've had those for four postpartum periods and they are just the best. <laughs> um energy date balls. I think there's like three ingredients, but they're Walnuts amazing. Dates, coconut maybe. Yeah, I think so. But they don't even taste like that. They taste yeah. like amazing little salted caramel balls somehow. Um, but I would have made more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like I would have made more, especially like pre-cooked things. Mm-hmm. So not like we have a lot of stuff left that's 
uh, raw that I would have to put in a crock pot. Yeah. But like the pasta bakes, the already cooked and soup, like that that went so fast and that was so helpful. So yeah. I think like next time. God willing. <laughs> I'm always thinking next time, you know, um, like that would be something that I would totally pack my freezer with the right. keto rolls. I will link oh. those below because we don't like to eat a lot of bread. And so I made these keto rolls um, that taste like uh, red lobster cheddar biscuits. Yeah. Oh, they're so good um, and very, very convenient. Um, and we had, yeah. well, I want to, I want to thank just real quick. I want to just thank our community. Like, mm -hmm. and if there's one lesson I have from this last time, it's build community. Now mm -hmm. build your community. Uh, <laughs> like our community. I mean, we had people, we had two months of every other day meal trains, an mm -hmm. entire two months. And we also had random people, not random people, but like people who didn't sign up for the meal trains just dropping stuff off, mm -hmm. coming to pick up our kids. Like a friend took some of the older kids to the park. Um, somebody came and watched our dog. Like, like we just had things like people just do things and show up and bring us things. Um, and every little bit of it was needed. Yeah. It wasn't extra. It was like, we were so like Jim Gaffigan, like what's it like to have five babies? It's like, oh, you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. <laughs> that is what it's like. It's like you're you're just barely keeping your head above water, trying to make good decisions. And like, so when people bring you food or like take care of your kids, um, I see, I'm not looking at the right kid. I'm sorry it for everyone. It this is a new, this no, is a new I was, I was thinking there with, <laughs> again, it, it, it ends up being such a cool community event. This is not something we saw or anticipated at the beginning. We talked a lot about in the modern world, the breakdown in communication, the breakdown in community and all the, the all the things that go into that and all the, the difficulties around it. Um, but it's amazing how the meal train stuff has turned into mm -hmm. like not just a, a great service, you know, a way to, to, to serve and allow others to serve you, um, but it really becomes, it makes the birth what it's supposed to be, a com yeah. kind of community event. Yeah. Like when someone else now is having a baby, like to get on their meal train and be able to share a little bit in their postpartum period, to be praying for mm -hmm. them, to be taking them a meal and to be yeah. participating in a small way in that in their life. Yeah. It's just like this incredible thing. And so well, now to be, you know, to be on the the receiving end of it again this year, it was yeah. just such a blessing. It was amazing. Well, just recognizing what that person has actually done, yeah. which is they've, you've cooperated with God, brought a new life into the world, a heart that will beat for 80 years, a soul that will beat for even, or a soul that will live for even longer. And you're recognizing this, the sacrifice and the death that was needed to bring that about, mm. you know? Um, and it, it did feel a lot. It reverses like a very community. Yeah, it reverses society, you know, where the family life is this utilitarian thing that's on the bottom, uh, and what's we look up to everything out there as the big important stuff, mm -hmm. and it, it reverses back to the way that things are supposed to be. Where mm -hmm. no, what happens in the home and family, bringing new people into the world and caring for them and mm -hmm. loving them and raising them up—that's the the high point of civilization. Mm -hmm. That's the pinnacle. That's what the community is there for is to serve that. Mm -hmm. That's what the larger community is there for, is to serve that. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a wonderful thing to, for that to come together and for us to participate, you know, in this sort of re, reordering of society a little bit, yeah. a tiny, a small way toward what it's more what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I'm so grateful to everyone. I mean, we, we had to have had everyone we know <laughs> show up and help us. Yeah, was um, nice. It was yeah. just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful. Um, 
Uh, making sure I had snacks. So I think I said that. That was like a big deal. Like making sure I had snacks. And one uh, hack is that every time somebody would bring us a meal, I would take a part of that meal or and make a pre-portioned mm. part of it or two mm-hmm. in like a little microwavable bowl and put some foil on it so that as I'm like running around all day and I just only have a few seconds to like go pee, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, like I can just stop at the refrigerator, throw it in the microwave, push the button, go to the bathroom, come back and like grab it. And then I'd have good food instead of like if we had chips around, like opening a bag of chips or like, you know what I mean? Like something else other than what I would have to go to because it was convenient and shelf stable. (laughs) Um, So I definitely would make more snacks and I want to bring snacks to moms in the future too that are like mom snacks. Mm -hmm. Um, So that. Um, And something else that I think we take for granted is not spiritual in any sense. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure it is in any sense because it's in creation. Uh, But like (laughs) the happiest baby on the block stuff Book. The yeah. yeah, there's like the five S's: the swaddle, swing, suck, shake. Not that kind of shake. Uh, jiggle, <laughs> jiggle. Um, and what's the other one? Side, side lay. Yeah. Like we have that down so much now that it it doesn't. Like people were like, "Is she a good baby?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, she's a great baby." And then I'd be like, "But I also really know how to make newborns quiet." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I'll link that as well below it's or in the description, cool. wherever you're watching this. Um, but it's called the happiest baby on the block. And it basically, it teaches you how to recreate the womb, mm-hmm. which is what babies want, right? Like the outside world is bewildering. So that was really, really, Tell really. Me, prudence. <laughs> um, another thing that I felt that um, is good to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And because I was aware of it, like it, it helped me just kind of keep smooth sailing um, is that for some insane reason you get shifty eyed. Like, like you can't, you're talking to somebody and you're just like, I, I noticed I kept looking out the window when people were talking to me, which the window was like behind where I sit. Is it cabin fever or what? Um, no, I, I think it's like you're thinking about too many things and you're like super uncomfortable and you're just kind of like, you can't, well, you can't stay focused on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you're, you're constantly like nervous shifting. And I don't know what that was, but I recognized it before in myself. And when I mentioned it to other friends, they were like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm. You get that way. You do like, anyway, mm. um, you know, or like, like the inability to keep my shoulders down. Like you'd be like so tense and you'd be like, Oh, stop that. Mm. <laughs> but before I would try to like think my way out of it. Sure. And this time I was like, oh gosh, I'm getting tense. It must be one of those days. Oh no. And I'd be like, nope, turn on the TV. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like, and I say TV because like I, when I read, it gives my mind more ability to like think yeah. uh, and in negative ways yeah. <laughs> it, it can, you know, cause you can stop reading and just think, but like the movie captures your attention. So I used a lot of television. <laughs> um, I used a lot of television. Yeah. So. Sorry. Jane Austen. You don't, if you don't like television. <laughs> How many times Jane Austen. Sensibility now? Oh, come on. Like a bajillion. It's <laughs> a literal number of the times that I've watched it. Um, so, yeah, then there was less postpartum fear this time mm-hmm. <clears throat> in terms of like our relationship. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was less concerned about like disappointing you. Mm-hmm. 
um, by not getting something done or less concerned about whether or not we were homeschooling during that period. Um, less concerned about whether I sleep was sleeping. Like that's the thing. That's the thing that makes mm. you crazy yeah. as a woman. But I found this time and it might be because like a combination of your availability, your mom being in town and then the ages of our older kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I did not freak out in the middle of the night except for a handful of times. You know, I was just like, it's okay. I'll just stay up with the baby. And then you kind of like just enjoy or mm-hmm. nurse or like think about other things. And I was like, I'll just nap sometime yeah. in the afternoon tomorrow. It'll be fine. Like there was no pressure the next day to like go back to work or go back to play group or make a bunch of meals for somebody else or even cook, even cook. Cause I, I, I didn't have to worry about cooking because we had meals and we had a whole bunch of lunch meat and we had meal trains, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. like, Tomorrow can just be a day of existing. So I don't need to worry about sleeping. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, that was, that was a big thing for me because mm-hmm. I've never felt like that in the yeah. postpartum period. I've always like panicked in the middle of the night, counting down the hours that I might have left to sleep. Right. And it didn't happen this time. Yeah. And it, well, like, like a handful of times. Um, but no, that was really wonderful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Good. 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 Um, so things that I would do differently. I had mentioned this, so that's the only reason why I'm bringing it up again. Um, I probably won't encapsulate my placenta again this time because um, they made me really weepy. So I'm just not even going to go bother with that anymore. Um, I would definitely make more pre-cooked meals, uh, especially soups. And I would keep my pelvis and my hips more mobile during that sitting in time. Because as soon as you start sitting upright to nurse the baby, like when you're done laying down, because like honestly for maybe a week and a half, all I could do is lay down. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't even have the core strength to sit upright. Um, I would definitely make sure that I'm like really keeping my hips mobile, like by doing exercises. Because I noticed that like after maybe week four, my back was so stiff, just so stiff. Um, and I couldn't get rid of it. I still kind of can't get rid of it. So yeah. Um, those are my, I would do, I wouldn't do differently. Hey, babe, how did the postpartum yeah. period go for you? Good. Uh, I mean, a couple <laughs> things I was thinking about, uh, I think we talked about beforehand. I mean, I mean, obviously we, we all know this, but like we want to kind of get healthy and get on a good routine and get disciplined beforehand so that we have, first of all, so we can write on that a little bit, but also that you can carry on as much as possible throughout. Now you can't do all the same things, particularly you can't, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't do as much in the postpartum period as I could have to stay on track with prayer and with exercise and with eating well. Um, and of course then that spirals into, okay, I, then I, thus I slept better, slept worse than I mm-hmm. otherwise could have. I, you know, I wasn't as, as present. I wasn't feeling as, you know, in, involved and engaged as I could with the kids. Um, so again, that's just, that's just life, right? We, um, we can plan for the postpartum period because we know it's coming, but those periods are going to come no matter what they're going to, you're going to have up times and down times. And so, you know, when things are good, you want to be building virtue, you want to be building the routines and the discipline to carry you through the difficult times. Another aspect of that that I really noticed this past year is that, um, and this, maybe largely temperamental, but, you know, I think it applies to a lot of people is that I, I tend to, I tend to be a person who connects with other people when I'm feeling good, mm-hmm. right? When I'm feeling positive, when I'm feeling encouraged, when I'm, you know, I'm not stressed out 
then I feel comfortable to connect with other people. As soon as I start getting stressed out or depressed or just, you know, like my, my schedule's disrupted, I sort of put that on the back burner. Mm-hmm. You know, talking to you, talking to my friends, you know, I didn't get to go to the men's group for a long time mm-hmm. during the postpartum period. Um, but I wasn't doubling down my efforts to stay connected to my brothers, mm-hmm. you know, to lean on them, to talk to them. Uh, and I've noticed that pattern in myself. And that's something I, you know, I would have done differently is, is sort of, again, developing the habits of that beforehand. But then being sure that even though I'm I'm home, I'm away from my colleagues, I'm away from my men's group, that I'm using other means to stay connected mm-hmm. to, to people. Um so I just tend to to disengage during stress and figure, oh, I'll I'll reconnect with people when I'm out of it. You mm-hmm. know? So that's something I noticed in myself this past time. Um, Actually, I noticed that in you too. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I think I texted one of your friends and I was like, hey, Denmark could use a guy date. <laughs> and he's like, didn't you just have a baby? I'm like, yeah, but you... You mandated a mandate. I did. I want to tell you which friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, beyond that... I I don't know what else <laughs> could, could do better about that. Yes. And I, I mean, I think that that's actually good because we didn't yeah. have like a huge, huge, I mean, there were lots of things that could have disrupted us mm-hmm. and it having the plan, particularly having the meals, having planned the childcare, having mm-hmm. planned you being off of work. Um, and I, I worked to bring things that I knew we might need. Mm-hmm to the house before, like we had tons of vitamin C, tons of vitamin D, you know, all of the stuff that I have for if we get sick, um, probiotics and things like that, just to like slam Mm -hmm. (laughs) the quickest sense of like, you know, cold. Um, And for the the stomach bug, it was nice that we had all those like Chucks pads left over Mm -hmm. from the birth. (laughs) Like those little puppy pads or whatever, because then it, it was just like, pads. just yeah, like just stick them under the kid's pillow. And yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think the main thing, again, it goes back to that episode with Simone on, on the leisure. Like that's the key here. Yeah. We talked about no. this a lot it's in the basis beforehand. of culture. We've, we, we talked a lot about this <laughs> beforehand great. in that, um, like, how do you think of, how do you look ahead toward a weekend or toward a Sabbath or towards a vacation or in this case, towards a a postpartum period, which in some sense is like getting sick. Like, what do you do with that time when you, the prudent thing to do is to not be going out, not be trying to to, to be active. It, it is to, to hold back. Well, again, we often as human beings, when we have those time periods, we tend to just blow them off. Like, oh, now I can relax. And by relax, we mean like Netflix and eat chips or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than, no, how can I take this time uh, for leisure, you know, in the Sabbath sense? of being very close to people, being very close to God, um, being just simply being present to the things around me and really enjoying them in a new way, uh, in a way that we can't normally do. Now, again, the postpartum period, it's going to look different for everybody. Not everybody, I mean, we're really blessed to have a lot of flexibility. We were able to take a long mm-hmm. time. But whatever whatever time period is, whatever shape it has to take, um, the task is the same, right? Because leisure is still the goal of all of our lives. Like we work during the weekdays for the leisure of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. We work during the Christian life for the leisure of heaven. Leisure in the end is the purpose. It's that it's being with people. It's being in relationship. It's mm-hmm. being present. It's enjoying things yeah. from God. Um, <gasps> that takes practice. It takes preparation. I thought of something. Uh, and the more we're practicing it we're just at all times, especially on our, our weekly uh, big, big S Sabbath, the more that we can, uh, 
embrace it even on those times that are kind of foisted upon us by life, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's the postpartum period or getting sick, which we, we yeah, had a couple of those we did both. Yeah, <laughs> like we, had, we, had, we had both. A lot of yeah. both. Um, something that I, I reflected on a lot mm-hmm. was, and I know that this is, is going to be more controversial than I think it should be because it's my opinion and I don't think it should be controversial. Um, so I think that you, regardless of your comfort level, you need to accept help. Um, and I know that a lot of times like family members do try to force themselves into a new baby situation because they want to see the baby and they want to be helpful. But I think it's really important to take it Mm -hmm. and to take it and manage it. Like, even if it means like, oh, someone I don't want in the house or I just don't feel like being with right now, um, is in my house taking care of my kids. I'm just going to lock myself in the bedroom with the baby, Mm -hmm. you know? That's a, that's a way to manage a situation and accept help. Okay. You know, or like someone washed all my dishes and put them away and they're all greasy because they do dishes a different way than I do, but we can now eat off these. <laughs> like They eat off them. You know, like it, it's, it, there was one day in particular when I had that jaw thing mm-hmm. happen and I looked like like John Mark, you woke up and you were like, do you have something in your mouth? <laughs> I had told him my, my face was swollen, but you, yeah. you actually asked me if I had something additional in my mouth because yeah. it was so huge off the side of my face. Yeah. Um, and Peter, Father Peter was going to come over and say mass or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. It, he was, he was going to yeah. say mass. And I, I just told you in the morning, I was like, John Mark, I don't want anyone in this house. I don't want to see anyone like... I just don't want it. I don't feel like it today. And before I could get that across, Father Peter showed up <laughs> and he walked in the door and he looked at me and he goes, oh, <laughs> and I was like, hi. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't even smile. Like it hurt so bad. And he sat with me mm-hmm. and he went and he like got me soup and pureed the soup with like the pasta bake Mm -hmm. and he fed me and he went and got like medicine or like he did stuff around the house for me. And I was, I I literally thought that the best thing for me, the best thing for my mental health was him not to come over Mm -hmm. so that I didn't have to deal with all of the emotions of someone being in my house. Mm -hmm. But in reality, like, I don't know what I would have done that day if he hadn't been there because you you weren't there. It was something you weren't there. I don't know if you're at work or something like that, but like, um, I I needed it. Yeah, we'll go I back really to, needed again, it. That that mental <laughs> and I didn't know it. Mental management, right? Like we, um, sometimes we have to push past uh, those those assumptions. You know that. Well, sometimes we let our we let our thoughts be driven by you know kind of just the movement of our feelings. But we we know we should uh, we should accept help. We know that we need other people, um, and so we kind of have to we have to plan to not, uh, you know, kind of subvert ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, into the the usual ruts that we get into. Yeah. So. There are, I mean, there are people who overstep boundaries and there are real feelings that occur to you when someone mm-hmm. has overstepped a boundary, but there are also other solutions mm-hmm. than being angry at the person mm-hmm. at like you, you can take their help in like a, in a way that separates you from them a little bit. And I'm not talking about father Peter, but I'm just, I'm thinking of, when I have in the past thought people were intrusive mm. and how it like whipped me up into a frenzy. 
But then in reality, like that frenzy was mine that I was whipped up into, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. and outside of like labor, (laughs) like I, it's hard for me to to think of a situation that I wouldn't, I would really, that it's like an emergency to get someone out of. I think that about covers it. Anything else, babe? Good, bad. It was good. It was wonderful. Yeah. It's always an experiment. You always got to debug and debrief and, you know, in the end, in the end. I yell a lot. (laughs) At the kids. Because you're like, you're under a baby. There's nothing else you can do other than like yell sometimes across things. Was that in the good or the bad? Which category was that? I, it just is. It it's just not in a category. Is. It just is. Yeah. And aside for individual walkie talkies on each kid, I don't know how I'm going to get around that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully there was um, some interesting stuff in that for you. Again, the main thing here is that, that it's just a, it's a, it's a project that, you know, husband and wife have to be both involved in you, the more that we can proactively plan together so that whatever happens, it's something that we're, we're tackling together. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the key. Uh, and then again, as we always talk about, you know, we're looking at, we're always, whatever the circumstances, which we can't, we can't always control. We're looking at our reactions to them mm-hmm. and the ways that we can be better prepared. And that even when our, our best laid plans go awry, mm-hmm. how we can, just receive and 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 react well yeah. and remain present and remain and and God. always look forward. Mm. You know what I mean? Like nothing nobody's birth is ever perfect. Mm. Nobody's postpartum period is ever perfect, right. <laughs> clearly. Um but like it doesn't have to be a fault. You know, even if you're saying I would do something differently, it doesn't have to be like a guilty fault. Mm-hmm. You know, it can just be like just look forward. Think about what if there's a next time and like what, what you would do differently. Open up a Word document, write that stuff down. That's right. I've got my 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 11-year-old, I don't know, Word document where. <laughs> Keep adding stuff. Yeah. Trimester by trimester. Right. <laughs> my little thoughts. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. Hope it's been inspiration, edifying to you, or at least got you thinking. We'd love to know what you think. Let us know. Uh, also, again, if you're interested in supporting this show, our patron community at Awaken Catholic is the Manor at St. Anne's. Uh, and gosh, one of the days we're going to do that book study on that maybe <laughs> strength. <laughs> we'll get to it one of these days. That's what that title is based on. Uh, but check out that patron community and support us there. We appreciate that. Uh, and once again, this is uh, Elevate Ordinary. John Mark Grodi, Teresa Grodi. We'll talk to you again next week. God bless.